0: Guys, it's time for another episode of the Mi Ice Guys podcasting hard water fishing in the Great Lakes state. Hey, guys, it's the Mi Ice Guys, and uh, we're doing the remote thing because everybody's in a different uh, direction again today. Uh, Chad, you're out somewhere on uh, US two.
1: Yep, just out, uh, just crossed the bridge, headed to Minnesota.
0: All right, doing the. Doing a little tournament fishing out that way, huh? Oh,
1: yeah. Anthony just sent me a picture of a pretty nice crappie.
0: Oh, did he? I saw the one of uh, the bluegill, but I hadn't seen the crappie come in yet.
1: Yep, Just got a crappie pic, so.
0: Nice. (laughs) Nice. Cool. Uh, Which tournament are you doing out there?
1: Uh, We're headed to the UPL for Green Lakes. The ultimate man fish league. It'll be on Facebook Live, pretty much. And, uh, I think they do—they do a really good job. They like interview people on the ice, and then you know the whole way is live. I don't know. Seems like a pretty cool little club. It's more a club series than a than a big tournament, but it's still pretty. It's Seems like cool. it's run well and hard. So.
0: now is that, that on Sunday?
1: Yep, that'll be on Sunday.
0: Cool, cool. Well, Looks hey, like he of...
1: got a palm bluegill and a
0: pound crappie. Oh, good. Well, He's doing his job scouting then.
1: Yeah, he just got there.
0: Nice. Nice. Hey, while we've got you, and we, we couldn't get you last uh, episode because uh, you guys were still traveling and not in good enough service, we wanted to get a kind of a wrap-up of the NAFC uh, championship. How oh, we had a...
1: Uh, well, our first day went, you know, way better than expected. Uh, our well, everybody we do in our cabin was not on good fish on Island. It was uh, a, I don't know, not my favorite style of lake. There's fish everywhere, and they're all the same. And, I mean, I'd sit down and catch twenty crappies or thirty crappies, and get seven ounces at best, seven and a half ounces maybe. And everybody's talking about catching these 10-ounce, 11-ounce crappies. And we're like, well, we're way behind on that. And then we start hearing about, you know, the, the big bluegills. And our best bluegills, seven, seven-and-a-half ounces. So we're like, well, we're getting seven-and-a-half pounds at our best. But, you know, and we, we put a little bit of time in on the lake, And so Friday, I go back there. And I'm like, you know, we can't be way back after day one. I go back to Friday, same crap. Like I, I caught a bluegill almost a half pound. So I'm like, well, I guess you know, there's a ton of fish back here. We'll start back here you now, and everybody talking big weights. Well, they were in the same spot, so it made us uh, feel a little bit better that you know we just hadn't caught the big fish. First day though, Anthony catches like our best crap. He like, I don't know. 15 minutes into the tournament, best coffee we've caught there since we've been there. Uh, you know, eight and a half, nine ounce coffee So we're like, oh boy, you know, good start. I get a couple of really good gills. Anthony gets a really good kill. We end up getting just over nine pounds leading after day one. So we're in good shape. Have great fish on day two. Just, you know, one lake went way better than expected. One went way worse than expected. We, uh, we only caught eight bluegill in the six-hour tournament. So it took us two and a half hours to catch our eight bluegill. And kind of, you know, you don't fish right when you're pressing. And you just, when you need something, and it just isn't working. It's hard. But we, we luckily got our limit and gave ourselves a chance. But, you know, we needed we needed one or two better bluegill. And we needed uh, like two better crappies, two, three better crappies. We had a couple low-end. Fish, but we just spent so much time getting our bluegill that we couldn't couldn't put in the time to get the crappies. So that's how it goes. But Newbie Wilson got their third ring. We ended up fourth overall. Mike Meyer and Dave ended up seventh overall, and Jake and Keith were eighth overall, something like that. So, you know, three Michigan teams in the top ten. Still pretty good.
0: Yeah, that's great. That is great. I heard that the ice was a little sketchy when you guys first got out there.
1: Um, they had to change the the uh, first day of the lake. The ice was, you know, on the two lakes we were on, we had good ice, you know, six eight inches at least, you know, and it was. We had a few cold days. There's probably ten inches by the time we left. So I mean, we had we had good ice, but they had to change the one the one lake was four miles long. So the wind, I think, kept it from freezing up good. And
0: it was a little deeper, too. Yeah, I've been hearing that about uh, some of the Michigan lakes uh, up here, yeah. central lower peninsula. But uh, that's great news. Well, congratulations. Fourth is nothing to be ashamed of for the national championships. And I uh, want we'll make sure that you guys have a great time and report back after uh, this uh, UPL and uh, yep, kind of give – Guy, give the guys here in Michigan a little story on that.
1: Yeah, we got the UPL, and then uh, right after the UPL, we had to Iowa for Okaboji, a bluegill tournament that we we are consistent at, but uh, not good at. So, I'm gonna try to break that curse. We got third the last two years there. So, <laughs> well,
0: but, it gets you into the wood.
1: Yeah, third's good, but you know we're trying to break that little barrier. But we'll see what we can do this year. The yeah. Green Lake though is looking like it's going to be giant weight. So the, there's pound, pound plus bluegills and pound and a half plus crappies. So well, that's pretty rare to have both of those in the same lake. And you know, not like just the occasional giant show off. Like there's there's a few numbers of those caliber fish. So there should be a. Uh, it's only eight and seven in the UPL. Like you, it's seven and seven, and then if you get your seven and seven you can have a bonus fish of bluegill or crappie. So it's a different, a little bit different format. Like I think bluegill's gotta be six inches long, crappie gotta be like eight inches or something. I'd have to, I need to look at the rules. But uh, this lake isn't gonna be one where you gotta measure them. I mean, there's, it's got quality fish. It's a big lake, so, and it's, Thursday's high is gonna be minus 10 is the high. Well, and I think Sunday is supposed to be a tad on the chilly side, so we'll see. Hopefully it's not windy.
0: Yeah, uh, the yeah. forecast I read for uh, the Grand Rapids area shows us of uh, lows around zero for uh, Thursday through the weekend.
1: Yeah, that'll make good ice.
0: Yeah. yeah lock things
2: so when, up, I get, first.
1: when I get home, I hope to be able to fish that uh, northern, north side of Grand Rapids, all that. Northeast and north of Grand Rapids stuff.
0: Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. We did get out this weekend, though. Um, I know yep. you guys got out during the week, and then uh, I had to do my job and was able to get out on Friday, though, on New Year's Eve, on Mitchell. Yeah. Took the long walk and uh, sorted a lot of fish. Yeah, we,
1: we put a couple of days, well, a couple uh, afterno- or mornings out on Mitchell, and we did an afternoon on another lake, but. Well, got to catch some fish, you know, some nice fish coming out of Lake Mitchell too, so that's nice to see
0: it. Yeah, I mm-hmm. was having a good time. I found a couple of decent ones. Uh, I don't think I walked out quite as far as you guys did. I'm waiting to bring the machines out there. Yeah. But uh, the bite was a little finicky for that early in the season too. I was surprised.
1: Yeah, I think there's some, some kind of pressure or something because they should have been biting a little better. But I mean, you have to do some sort. You get a three-inch bluegill on a three-inch bluegill, and you might get an eight or nine-inch bluegill, or you know, 10 12 twelve-inch crafting <coughs> you got to do some sorting there, find the find the cover, you'll know, find find the fish. But.
0: yeah, that's basically what I was doing. I was drilling and looking and catch a few, yeah. and if I didn't find many, I was moving.
1: That's what we had to do. Find the weed beds and those little holes. And- You'll find a little deeper water with wheat beds. There's crappie and bluegills roaming around the edges. Bass, everything else in there, too.
0: Yeah, and it seemed like we had a pretty heavy cloud cover uh, over the weekend, too. So that, that really kind of didn't help with that dark water on Mitchell. Yeah. I
1: don't know. The it, bite just did seem a little bit off, but. Yeah. A cold fronts, you know, weather's changing all the
0: time. Yeah, I'll once we, probably have some
1: kind of pressure.
0: Once we jumped to that other lake, uh, things got a little quicker. They yeah, were still, yeah, still a lipping lot of smaller bit. fish there too. Yeah, a lot
1: yeah. of smaller fish though. Yeah.
0: But, but man, it, it was nice to be on the ice. Yeah. That, that was uh, that was uh, all I wanted for Christmas was some ice, and I got it before the New Year. So. I was happy about yep. that but yep, we'll uh, be
1: able to get out a lot of the lakes throughout stuff so I here pretty soon when I get yeah.
2: home
0: mm-hmm. yeah'm my dad caught they'll be trying yeah my dad's cattle right.
1: be out there beating not every lake they can
0: yeah that's the truth they they those guys that have that time on their hands of course that's you a lot of the time but uh tournaments keep you off the lakes a little bit here in Michigan
1: yeah, I had to work yesterday, so.
0: Oh, all right. So, uh, yeah, I heard you had a uh, trip on the river, on the big, what did you have it on? Big the man yesterday. Big man? Yeah,
1: big man Steve. Got my biggest fish of the year so far. Nice. Uh, we got a 16-pounder, so that, that'll, that might hold up for a little while. I mean, that might hold up the whole year. I don't know if I
2: got one that big last year or not. Big well, old yeah. male, it was a good fighter. Yeah. Nice. Well, we
1: had a good day. I mean, tough conditions with the, it was seven degrees when we started, you know, never got above freezing. So we had frozen eyelids all day. You know, we had to work for them, but the guys stuck with it and ended up laying at five, probably hooked another four or five, at least four, but I think five more. So, I mean, five for 10 for the day for yeah. the conditions and everything else. a good day, good day of river steel fishing for the winter
0: yeah for you guys listening it's a good uh, day
1: any any time of year but you know. yeah
0: chad is uh, uh he's a captain and guide out uh for steelhead fishing and other fishing during the uh warmer weather but you know somebody calls and says they want to go fishing and he can get the boat in the river uh and he doesn't have a tournament he'll probably go so you guys might want to check out shop outfitters.com and uh if you want to go out and catch some fish, Chad can put you on fish. It's your job to get them in the boat then. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I can try uh, to get
0: you bites. After that, it's what you do with them. Yeah. And uh, he'll be nice and net them him for you once in a while.
1: <laughs> yeah, I stand up for the first couple of and and try to stay set and rest.
0: <laughs> but, uh, yeah, the river fishing's still going on, guys, as we're waiting for that thicker ice around the uh, lower part of the state. And yeah,
1: shut me off that ice, so it'll be it'll be nice to see.
0: Yeah, they're saying that the next couple of days are going to be windy, and then the wind's going to die down, at least here in Michigan. So if we get calm days with uh, zero at night, that's going to lock up a oh, bunch that, of lakes.
1: Yeah, once they lock up, it'll be quick. How much snow did you get down by your house, Jazz?
0: Oh, maybe an inch and a half, two inches.
1: So, not that big snowstorm they were talking
0: about. No, and I think the storm tomorrow is mostly uh, wind and cold temperatures.
1: We'll oh, set the lakes up that aren't froze anyway. Be, they'll be ready to go.
0: Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I did a lot of driving last weekend.
1: Yeah. And, uh, yep. I've been doing a lot of driving myself.
0: <laughs> I, understand. <laughs> yep. I understand. I understand. I understand.
1: I have another 561 miles to go.
0: And you're all (laughs) by yourself.
1: (laughs) Yep, the Anthony's already out there. He had to, he went out to Wisconsin on New years to get his trailer fixed and then just stayed out. Right on. He's caught a one pound blue, uh, I think he said a 1.12 pound bluegill in Wisconsin and now a one pound bluegill in Minnesota. So, He's got Iowa to go and Michigan
0: to go. Looks like. He's checking them off. Yeah, one a true
1: one pound bluegill is pretty rare. For, yeah. for a public
0: list. Yeah, that is that is great. I look forward to the chance that I get to do that. Now, Steph and I got into some pretty good bluegill when, or not bluegill, but crappie when we were out in Minnesota. But they were they were rather sparse on the lakes we were on. But we did yeah. find some big ones.
1: What area
0: was that in Minnesota? Um, we were out on a reservoir called Big Sandy. Uh, it's kind of northeast Minnesota, up North towards East, Grand right? Rapids.
1: Yeah, so, I know that area a little
0: bit. Yeah, our, uh, up near our buddy Kevin. So
1: yeah. I think we're we, to the west of that. You guys going back out this year?
0: Uh, actually, we were talking about doing some UP fishing. Um, we've been talking with, yeah, we got an opportunity possibly to go out on Gogebic and do one of the things I've really been wanting to do for several years is get some walleye through the ice and not have to go over to the river, but, uh, set up there on, uh, Gogebic and, uh, we got a buddy that's got a cabin and take the side by side and have an adventure, yep. and yep. then off,
1: you know,
0: last mm-hmm. episode we were talking that uh, we're trying to put together a plan to go to uh, Munising Bay as well. Steph has learned see, all uh, kinds of things about burbot. <laughs> More yep, than I needed. once.
1: <laughs> I tried once in Minnesota. Me and Anthony did, when we were the Mitchy one year. A group of guys took us out. We caught, I think he got a little walleye. We had a couple bites. They're goofy. We had these big, blow-in-the-dark spoons with cut bait on the bottom, and you got to let them take it was our problem. And yeah, We had blue-kill rods, and you got to let them take it. We Because they kind of mouth it. You know, you think that, well, they got it. You know, you got to bite. You got to set the hook. But you got to let them swim with them and swallow them. And, you know, when you get one or two bites for a couple hours, it's hard to do.
0: Yeah. Sounds but more I want to like catch them. There's,
1: yeah, it's uh late ice though, you know, when they come into spawn or something like that is what they said. That's when you get numbers in the area. you can do good. So, cool. they're supposed to be awesome to eat. I've I've had one, just a couple little pieces. It was good. Poor mm-hmm. man's we, lobster.
0: That's what we've been hearing, and we want to give it a try. That,
1: that's what their their nickname is Poor Man's Lobster.
0: <laughs> right on. All right, guys, I'll we're going to take, take a quick break and uh, come back with uh, some more fishing stories and some uh, advices. And I got some questions for Steph. So we're going to grab a fresh one and uh, be right back. We're the MI Ice Guys. Chad's on the road. Steph's at his house. I'm in mine. We'll be right back. Hey, guys. Chad's here from the MI Ice Guys. I want to talk to you about KE stopper lures, especially the Scandia line of tungsten jigs. I've been having a great time fishing with these this year and last year. The new colors are awesome. Check them out. Get out there to your local sporting goods shop and look for that blue packaging with yellow text on it. Pick up a Scandia lure or 10. It's a whole lot of fun to fish with. They're bright, they're durable, and good stuff. Hey guys, we're back. we got fresh ones. We've uh, just uh, been chatting about some ideas uh what we want to share with you. And one of them was uh, we get asked all the time at our seminars, whether it's, you know, just talking to somebody at the bar, or we're out at a uh, show or something like that. What do you, how do you know what jig, what bait, what do you start with? And, you know, we're going to start with just here around Michigan, uh, because we are the MI Ice guys, and talk about the conditions and what you look at before you choose what jig you're going to start with on a day. Uh, Steph, what's your what's your first thing you're looking at? First thing I'm looking at is, um,
2: you know, the type of day we have heavy cloud cover or something. I might want to go with a a, a, a darker jig. So it's got more contrast with the bottom of the ice, and I'll also want to mix up the tails like sometimes I'll go with a you can go with a bright jig dark tail or a dark jig and a bright tail. You give them a little bit of both
0: if you want to try plastics
2: but you know we can well, also, you also
0: have the opportunity of uh, you know red mm-hmm. or white spikes yeah
2: that's why I think too this based on this last weekend I used red and white spikes because then that gives them an option for dark and light colors so that's a a good reason too to double tip your jig with a red and a white one cool definitely
0: what's your go-to chad
1: uh i probably depends on what i want to catch you know if i mainly want to catch bluegill i'm going to go with more of a bait you know with with spikes if i'm going to try to catch crappie, either a spoon or a tail I like glow a lot, I don't know, kind of favorite glow, but uh, I do like more your natural, you know, your more gold, silver, kind of your dull colors instead of being too flashy, because like you said, it kind of has a good contrast, you don't need the, the bright stuff, I mean, once in a while, color usually isn't the biggest thing for me, it's more the size and style and jig, you know, the, the horizontal versus vertical. the four mil or five mil versus three mil or spoon versus tail you know i kind of if i want to catch bluegill i'm probably going to go maybe just a touch smaller on my jig and probably going to have bait on it if i want to catch crappie i'm either going to try to use a spoon or a bigger jig with a tail probably depends on how many fish like if you have an idea like they're basin fish and there's numbers of them you want to sort out the size. I might try with, start with the spoon. If I'm getting denied too much, I'll switch over to the, maybe a medium sized jig with the tail. Something like that would be a, a good way to start. Same thing if I'm bluegill fishing, if there's a lot of them. I might even use a small, like a little P3, like uh, a smaller P3 plastic bait, and just try to sort out the size with the bait. But if You know, if you're fishing for most of them are keepers, I'll probably just put the bait on and try to catch most of the marks.
0: Okay. Now, you mentioned uh, horizontal versus vertical jig. Where's your decision on that? Uh,
1: Well, I mean, back when everybody first started, or we at least first started, you know, your moon clothes and your demons and your vertical jigs, They they don't have as much action. They're more straight up and down you know, just a little bit subtler action and they still have their times where they're work very well. And on certain lakes, you know, I I love a Snyder jig or a orange tip demon that used to be my, my go to jig. But most of the time I'm gonna start with the uh the horizontal like a if I'm bluegill fishing, like a three mil fisca is usually my go to or three mil Scandia. what what are they sixteen?
0: Um, No, 3 mil would be about 14.
1: 14. Yeah, I'm not real good with the different sizes. I kind of just look and grab one. But, you know, stuff like that would be for, if I'm targeting a bluegill, and if I'm under 20 foot of water. I mean, if I'm over 20 foot of water, I want to go up to the next size just to get down faster. But if they're denying it, still want to drop down. Like the lake we were at last, you know, when we all were fishing together. You know, 3 mil was an effective jig, a three mil vertical jig, that's what I was reusing with one or two spikes, and they bit it pretty good. It just, we were in 30 foot of water, it took forever to sink, but as soon as they got down there, they ate it. So you got to look at that stuff, you know. If if you can get a four mil down faster, but it takes longer to get a bite, you know, you get denied by four or five fish, you might want to still drop that smaller jig down and get the bites. But, you know, I still need to have some of those vertical jigs, you know the old school moon glows and you know demons and all that stuff in your box because there will be days that that's they just want that kind of that kind of bait. I don't know if yeah. it's bumps in the water they're just their mood what it is but there's days that 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 style of jig still produces so
0: right the now, when you were talking about
1: the, stuff
0: when you were talking about the spoons. Are you talking about a tungsten spoon or just a traditional spoon with a small treble on it?
1: Um, like your cast masters, you know, Swedish temples, you know, that that type of spoon. And like if I'm crappie fishing, we don't put bait on it or anything, just drop it down. Usually that you'll get that, that dominant fish will swim up and grab it. That flash, usually all it takes. And your bigger bluegills. A lot of times in our tournaments, we catch our bigger bluegills on a bare spoon, you know, just trying for a copy because it's, you know, they're the dominant fish. They see that those big bluegills can eat some big baits. But I mean, it's a good scouting bait too, because you don't, you know, you don't need to catch all the fish there, because the spoon's never going to catch all the fish. It's going to be, it's going to help you sort out some of the smaller fish might not bite it as good. So it's kind of a same
2: thing with
0: your tails, you know,
1: plastics. Right. It'll help you sort out the fish without
0: having to catch them all. Yeah, I know when we were on Mitchell... good start. When we were on Mitchell, I had uh, switched over to a, a black horizontal jig and I put a chartreuse with a curly tail on it, plastic. Yeah. And it took a while, but I did get some uh, quality fish on it. It just was you had to wait for that bigger fish to come by to hit that bigger bait and as I don't know, all
1: small, that yeah. was
0: uh that was a lot of sorting on those lakes
1: oh yeah yeah lots of fish but my, my probably my go-to jigs are probably a three mil or 14 size 14 uh orange or red for bluegill i would say and then uh maybe even a blue or silver i guess i believe my four favorite colors and then for crappie, you know, either a spoon, a cast master, a flash champ, or whatever, you know, just some kind of spoon. I don't like the really light, fluttery ones, but I like the ones that get down there a little bit better. But either a spoon or uh, a glow jig with a tail on it. For, you know, if I'm crappie fishing, that's what I want on. If I'm bluegill fishing, you know, orange, red, blue, silver, something like that. Or I know everybody loves gold, too, so. I just don't run cold all that much. It works great, but I figure everybody else runs it, so I'll try something different.
0: That's you, Chad, always being a little bit different.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. And I know I know. Steph has his favorite colors, too. Everybody has their favorite. Like, I like the ladybug with the glow dots, too, for bluegill.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I got a few of those. Yeah, yep.
1: yeah. That's one of my – I got that on the pole of my hand right now. That's why it was on dry with, so
0: and I've uh, done good on those. Keep big your eyes
2: eye. on the road. Those those uh, big eye oh, I'm trying. those big eye jigs for crappie. Yep. Yeah. I've done good on those. With tipped them with a couple of waxies.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. So, what's, something they what's can't read. What's
1: your favorite for bluegill and
0: the
2: crappies Steph? I my favorite for to? bluegills and crappies are that that but the, that black color with the green swirl. Remember those? Oh, yeah, those yeah. That ones? was uh yep.
1: Sportsman's Direct, uh, the Heavy Metal Series.
2: Yeah, yep. Those are my favorite yep. ones for Bluegill. Yep.
1: That was the our... Black, our uh, black and green. That was uh, our go-to uh, Lake George and Ryan Lander for those crappies. I
2: think. Yep.
1: Had the Sermoski crystal in the head of it.
2: Yeah, yep. Yep.
1: You bought those in a pro pack. <laughs> uh-huh. I think they still sell those.
2: They probably do, but I still got plenty. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: I still have it's a good few. good jig.
1: I put
0: it on once in a while. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah and that dark water, I was uh, moving over to a deep purple with a big eye. Oh, yeah. And a, and a glow belly. Yeah,
1: that yeah. dark purple is hard to beat. I forgot about dark purple.
0: Yeah, that that's isn't that Terry's favorite one? Stuff.
2: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. With the glow bottom. Yep. Yep. 141s.
0: <laughs> yeah. Scandia 141s. Mm-hmm. That was another thing that, that we were joking about the other day. Is that uh you might hear us when we're just chatting back and forth, uh referring to things by numbers. It's it's typically it's a color code that's on the packaging. Yeah. Uh not everybody's going to pick up on that, but that's that's kind of how we remember the different jigs rather than the names on them and stuff. Now, we've talked a little bit about plastics. Now, plastics, I, I kind of put them in three categories. You've got the big tails, you got the grubs, and you've got the spiders or crayfish that have a lot of... Creature. Yeah, creature creatures. style. Mm-hmm. They have a lot of appendages hanging off on them and stuff. What, what's your feelings on those?
1: Uh, I lean more towards the uh, straighter tail. Uh, P3, we kind of made a well P3 got a hold of me and Anthony to pick out two of our favorite uh, styles and then five colors apiece. You know I, I definitely prefer the, the their stinger stuff, you know, the straighter tail. I don't know, I like some of the, uh, the creature stuff, you know, on the Winkler legs. Like, we have in Michigan a lot, you know, your mayfly legs. But I just, I like them to bite where my hook is. I, I don't know. I have a, I'm sure it doesn't matter because you guys do awesome on creature baits. But I like one action so that I can control it a little bit more and get them to bite that part instead of biting the side. Is how I feel that I want them to bite where the hook is coming from instead of bite from the side of it but it probably yeah. really is just a personal preference
0: well i know that uh, there's one lake over things. by steph's house that uh it seems like red a red jig with a creature bait on it seems to be the ticket uh yeah. and it's such a small lake i don't even want to mention its name uh yeah. but uh steph and i have been over there well you've been over there with me a number of times running that uh that shelf where the uh, pike run but that that lake for me has always just worked with the creature baits but then like Reed's Lake Steph and I have had just phenomenal uh, action out of the fire tiger from Scandia which is a green and black ladder back with a glow belly and tipping that with a chartreuse tail that has a little whip to it whether it's a straight or a ball tail so, uh, I think the different lakes, and uh, I think you hit on something with a, if it's a wiggler lake that has a big mayf- mayfly hatch that has one yep. thing, or if it's a a lake that has a different kind of hatch to it, is going to yep. dictate what's there.
1: What's there. Yep. I, I usually lean towards the glow stuff. I always have some of the black, white, motor oil, that, that, those colors are some of your more neutral stuff sometimes is what it takes, but I usually always start with glow or glow red for my tails, but that's because I'm fishing high and fast for crappie usually.
0: Yeah. I mean,
1: bluegills love them too. I just, but usually when I'm running a tail, I'm fishing high, fishing fast, covering a lot of water, trying to get that quick reaction bite, just drop it down and catch a fish, move on. Trying to pluck away the, the couple, usually your fastest fish to get to the bait are your you know, your bigger fish are usually the ones that get there first, yeah. you know, because the other fish let them eat first, so. I think but Steph I'm doing convinced that. that's me. That's what
0: I'm looking for. I think Steph convinced me, I, I think we were on his dad's lake, that the uh, root beer-colored uh, plastics. Yeah. uh yeah, when kind you're kind similar the to, the like oil. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. And, and that's that.
1: probably because a wickler lake, too, you know, is that brownish mayfly-looking you know, color. So like yeah. me and Anthony fished Metagosi in North Dakota. You know, I spent a few years. Steph fished it with me too, but I always did the best with the orange or red jig. Glow red was usually my go-to, but it was—they were eating wigglers, but they had uh, an orangish, reddish kind of tint to the wiggler body. You know, probably a stomach acid, and then it turns it that way a little bit. But you know, they just—it was. They fit that jig just a little bit better, but normally colors aren't my first thing. It's more the size and style, but once you really get fine-tuned on something, you can find out that, you know, one color over another just seems to be better. And you might talk to five different guys and they all use something different too, but once you get comfortable with the color and don't, you know, you think they're going to bite it, you're going to probably catch more fish.
0: Right. Yep. Uh one point before we go on this segment, I do want to make is don't make the mistake of thinking you can go plastic only. Uh, that's a, that's no, a rare day. Uh, you got to have some meat with you, mm-hmm. you know, uh, because there's going to be certain days and fish are just finicky and they're going to want yep. that uh, real stuff.
2: I mean, it's nice yeah. when they're aggressive and everything and just hitting plastics left and right is a great day, but. When it comes down to it, you got to have that bait with you in case they decide to switch
0: gears. Yeah, and sometimes you start the frenzy with the bait, and then you can, after you get a frenzy, you can slip over to plastic.
1: Yeah, as the sun goes, gets higher, you know, the bite's going to get different. Mm -hmm. So, first thing in the morning, last thing at night, they're most aggressive. You can get away with, you know, your tails better, but, you know, middle of the day when there's a little bit, with our jig and been fished a little bit you might have to put on you know go down to one or two spikes and you know a little bit smaller jig a little bit smaller profile or vertical jig less a little less action something you know oh yeah. you always got to change if they're not biting if there's mm-hmm. fish there there's something that'll get them to go
0: oh yeah well we're going to take another quick break and we we come back uh from that uh Steph's gonna fill us in on uh, one of his recent fish fries and then we're gonna also talk about taking care of your bait. Um, I got to ask that question uh, yesterday and I I think it's worth talking about so uh, we'll be right back gonna freshen our beverages and cool. keep safe on the ice guys. Guys, when you're out on the ice, do you protect your eyes? Liam Ice Guys have partnered with Costa Del Mar Sunglasses. Made in America, made by hand. The thinnest glass technology for sunglasses. 100% UV protection. We love our Costas so much, we took them to Finland, to the worlds. They allowed us to see where other people had been drilling before, protected our eyes in the blowing snow, and kept us looking good on the ice. Made in America, Costa Del Mar sunglasses. Get them online, get them at a local retailer near you. Remember, tell them the MI Ice Guys sent you in. You need the best. And we are back. Well, we did lose Chad in the break. He got out into a central part of the UP where phone service was a little bit iffy. So he jumped off. But uh, in this segment, we want to talk a little bit about Cooking up some fish. Now, the other day when we were, the three of us were fishing, we had a we had about 10 guys out there on the ice oh, on yeah, New Year's Day. Uh, we had we, had, we were group. having a, quite the group and quite the blast. And, uh, man, we switched cheese to that little lake. It was a lot of fun. But when it came down to the end of it, uh, Steph had mentioned that he was going off to see his dad and stepmom. And he was they were going to have a little fish fry. And so I said, well, here's some more fish. Might as well only one of us clean them. <laughs> and uh, so you were able to go off and uh, feed the parents. Oh, yeah. Yep. So I you got little... them home and cleaned them up?
2: Yeah, I had the fillets here at the house. I had them all cleaned up. Did, you, I... did our standard uh, fillet them skin them? Oh, yeah. Yep. And then I happened to have some buttermilk here. So I marinated them in a little buttermilk. Oh yeah, just for something a little different, you know. Put a just... little tang to them, firm them up. Yeah, yeah. And then when I... so when I got there, they had about you know two hours of buttermilking, and then I went there and just dry battered them in uh, Drake's mix this time. Oh okay. Yeah, it's I like to try different things. I uh, like like Drake's mix. You got your Andes, and you can do <laughs> your own
0: flour, or cornmeal, or whatever you want to do. Yeah. But, we've uh, done that a number of times. Oh yeah. Uh, you know, we even did that when we made that beer batter for those, uh, the film crew that one time. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, when we were shooting with the travel channel, mm-hmm. that was, a that was a lot of fun, but yeah, to your point of buttermilk in them, that the buttermilk is obviously a, a lot heavier product. Oh so yeah. It's like going to put a cream coating on those, as well as a little yep. acid that's going to break them down a little bit, tenderize them a little bit.
2: I put them in a strainer to get the buttermilk off them, obviously. Yeah, to get most in a of it strainer off.
0: Strainer the sink, yep. But it's still got moisture on it. Oh so yeah, that's what—that's where a dry gonna, batter really mm-hmm. is going to stick. Yeah. Yep. So, you know, a lot of people, uh, whether you're frying chicken or you're frying fish or you're frying whatever. You know, you, you got to figure out how to make the batter stick a bit. And if you have something that doesn't have a way for it to stick, whether it's a wet filet and a yeah, flour-based uh mix, you know, you can use like the buttermilk or some people use an egg wash. Egg wash, yep.
2: And some people use uh buttermilk and an egg if you really want a thick coating yeah but it's going to add a thicker coating to the fish i don't like a heavy coating on a fish even when i do my beer batter i do it thin yeah
0: yeah we run them down pretty thin with that but uh you know that gives you a fair battery now a lot of times when steph and i fry fish we're just taking wet fillets mm -hmm. and we're throwing those into a mix that we probably have done ourselves which predominantly is going to be about Two-thirds flour, one-third cornmeal. yeah. then we're going to season it. You know, whatever we reach for in the cabinet. You know, garlic, pepper, salt. You know, Captain Tony's. A little Chaz's Magic (laughs) Dust. You never know. Fire it up, literally. (laughs) Yeah. You got to try that. Oh, boy. But that can make a really... That might lightweight my COVID. <laughs> and you know a lot of people think about fried food as being fattening or you know holding a lot of the oil and stuff and one of the tricks is if you're really worried about that using that dry batter on just a wet filet that's just wet with water mm-hmm. and that's going to make a real thin coating on there to make it not have as much potential to absorb oil yeah, and don't don't overload your fryer with fillets. Just do like 4 or
2: 5 at a time depending on the size cuz then you'll if you cool off the oil too quickly, you're not going to get a good seal on the fillet and then you're going to get an oily fillet.
0: Yeah, and if you have a good thermometer or you've got maybe a fancy digital fryer. Uh, I got one in the basement. I don't use it too much, but and you see that oil temperature drop, you're overloading the fryer. And when that oil temperature drops, it's going to be more likely to absorb into things because it's going to take longer to cook. Mm -hmm. Whereas a hot oil, you don't want to get it too hot because we're going to get up to the smoke point and then fire extinguisher is going to be going. The smoke alarm is going to be going. Everybody's going to smell it all over the house. You want to find that sweet spot for the particular oil that you're using. And a good fryer oil, which is a vegetable oil. Uh, You can use peanut. I don't think peanut's necessary. uh, But good fryer oil. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, I ran into somebody the other day that swears by using olive oil. And I asked him, are you making a salad? (laughs) Yeah. Olive oil has a very low smoke point. So olive oil is a flavorful oil and it's meant to be absorbed in a little bit so you can taste it.
2: Mm -hmm. It's
0: not an oil to fry with. Now, if I was sautéing vegetables with no batter on them, maybe Mm -hmm. the olive oil would work. But frying fish, I would suggest that you just go down and you buy a brand of fryer oil Mm -hmm. and it'll say right on it. I know Crisco has it. I have a, a jug sitting here in the kitchen. Uh, and do that now we mentioned beer batter but chad on the break he was uh poking you about one of the ones he really liked that you've done recently
2: yeah using seven up
0: yeah i uh uh, northern pike
2: i've uh poached it in seven up just take straight seven up you know bring it to a boil and poach your pike filet in it doesn't take long to cook And then when you pull that out, you can drizzle it with butter. And if you want it a little brown, you can broil it a little bit. But I mean, it's like, it's like hillbilly lobster,
0: hillbilly lobster. Yep. (laughs) And, uh, for those of you that think that pike is such a hard fish to clean, uh, you haven't seen Steph do it. And I will promise you there are 400 YouTube videos out there that will show you how to do it properly. (laughs) Oh yeah. And, uh, you know. It's not that hard of a fish to do. And poaching, I've actually even done the poaching trick with bluegill. Mm. And then I chill them. And I serve them with just a little bit of like a cocktail dipping sauce. And it's like shrimp. Mm -hmm. They're
2: just delightful. You would think the 7-Up would make them really sweet, but it doesn't at all.
0: I mean no, it, there's it, a lot it, of citric acid yeah. in seven up. And it's it's fairly neutral flavor with its little light lemon lime. Yeah, it doesn't add a lot of sweetness to the fish. I mean, just
2: a touch, but not as much as you think it would. Yeah, it's not coating them like syrup because
0: you're poaching no. it. You're not yeah. you know crock popping it and mm-hmm. that stuff. But uh you can you can really open your mind on a lot of things and a lot of different ways to do fish. And if you go to miiceguys.com both Steph and I have posted some recipes out there and we've got a couple out there from our friends that have things, even a, a, a fish chowder that you can make. And I think I put the one on there, if I haven't I will, for the fish lasagna that Big John Sitka loves. And his wife just loves it when uh he makes that. Of course, Big John Sick, uh he married her uh married even good youpra girl. So <laughs> yeah, he's a wise, wise man. So you know, when you guys are cooking your fish, don't think you gotta just standardly out of the box fry them in bland old whatever every time. You can shake it up a little bit and change it up a little bit, and check out some of our recipes and you'll you'll see those. Yeah, and one of the things i'm trying now
2: is uh rice flour oh because that's how they make you know like your chinese traditional tempuras is with rice flour and cornstarch so i want to try that in my next beer batter so i want to i want to experiment with the rice flour to see if that gives me a different texture different flavor tempura crop. why not
0: yeah (laughs) all right well let's go fishing let's get us some Now, one of the other things that uh, came up to mention is that uh, I ordered a, you know, we were just talking about it. I ordered a tub of 1,000 spikes. And that just keeps me from having to go to the bait shop every single trip. And what I bought was one of those little bait safes. It's like a giant uh, bait puck. It's insulated, so you can keep them in that. But if you don't have one of those, You can keep them right there in the tub, in the fridge. Mm -hmm. And there's just certain things that you have to watch out for. Number one, just like the bait puck, don't let it freeze. So uh, if you have a separate fridge that the wife allows you to put bait in, like out in the garage or something like that, quite often I I like to keep mine up on the top shelf. Because as you go down uh, lower in the fridge, it's going to get colder. And you want those the bait looking alive, but not freezing, not turning black, uh, things like that. I also like to aerate them once in a while. And when I say aerate them, all I do is I just take the thing and I give it a shake, fluff them up, fluff them up exactly. Mm. They're they're moving slow. You got to keep oxygen around them. Uh, it's not like they're going to swarm to the oxygen. Uh, The other thing is don't let them get too warm. If you're going to ride two hours up to Cadillac, uh, don't put them in the cup holder in the truck Mm -hmm. with the heater on high. Uh, You're going to be ready for a uh, hatch by the time you get there.
2: Just take what you need and load up your bait buck.
0: Right. So if you buy the 1,000, and there's bait shops around that will sell you the 1,000. Do that Now, what I do is I have a, a friend down at the club, an older guy, and he wanted in on the deal. So I says, okay, I can just order the 1,000 a couple of times a winner and be all stocked. And I know mm-hmm. Steph does similar, picks up a, a, a load and keeps them stocked. And that way you can always just grab a pinch of them, put them in your bait puck as you're headed out the door, cuts your time of preparation down a bit. It, it, it's just a good thing. Now, things like wigglers. Wigglers are a little bit harder to keep. Mm. Uh, oh, yeah. They're a little more expensive than spikes. You want to do that. Wax worms, you can treat them just about like spikes. Yep. Uh, I like to fluff them a little more than spikes just because they're a little bigger worm and things like that. Uh, mousies?
2: Yep, I like to get mousies when I can. I
0: yeah. like that
2: little tail on them, and it's almost like a little piece of plastic, you know, on that tail on that mousie. It's just awesome. It's a but noogie. Those, those can it's be a live riot. noogie.
0: Yeah, exactly. But mm. mousies are quite often hard to find. Yes. So if you guys are at a bait shop, and we were at Pilgrim's Village this weekend because we fished Mitchell, yep, and picked up a little bait and stuff, and they did have mousies. Uh, they weren't cheap. But they had some, and I was tempted to go for them, but I was planning on doing a little crappie fishing. And I typically think of the mousies for bluegill. But uh, what other kinds of bait do you got to worry about there, Steph?
2: Other than if you're pike fishing or something. I got a nice cooler from the HT there to put uh, pike minnows and stuff in, or perch minnows
0: for walleye. Yeah. minnows in general if you're taking them out there an insulated bucket you know you can't quite use just a plastic tub you need to put them in something insulated because they're used to 34 degree water or 38 degree water not the frozen state yeah frozen (laughs) state so you want to keep that going and if you're out for quite the trip you might think about one of these little battery operated aerators yes yeah Um, I know that uh, a lot of the tournament guys, because they have to turn in live fish, have rigged up on their quads and side-by-sides coolers with aerators on them. They put some water in there and they put their catch in there to keep them alive. Mm -hmm. But that same thing works for minnows. Whether you're getting pike minnows or perch minnows or walleye minnows, suckers, whatever, it's going to help keep them alive longer. And when you bring them back and you get them into that spot in the basement or wherever that you have that's cool, you can probably keep them going for a while if you keep them aerated. Mm-hmm. So whether you got an old aquarium, which uh, I know one uh, guy that he maintains an aquarium only in the winter, but he also catches his own minnows.
2: Yeah, I think that one I got, it's like either three or four gallons of water it'll hold. Yeah. Yeah. So it and it has this little slot in it for your aerator tube and everything.
0: Yep. So. so yeah, you can pick up a little battery operated aerator at good bait shops or yeah, even online. Uh takes uh you know quite often just a couple, couple of, of D batteries. Uh, sometimes these. I saw one the other day that was four double A's. Okay. And I'm surprised uh,
2: somebody hasn't came up with a lithium ion rechargeable one.
0: Oh, I think I could wire it. Oh yeah.
2: I'm, I'm sure there's some out there, but yeah, I got my tip ups out the other day. Just, I'm setting up, you know, three of them for walleye and three of them for pike. Just I want to get them. Well, through have, and just change the hooks out on them and the leaders and get them ready to get go. Get out
0: and get do a little tip up fishing then.
2: Yeah. I figure I want to start setting more tip ups when I'm out bluegill. And I know I'm moving around the lot bluegilling sometimes and it's, it's hard to get all the tip ups set up and then you turn around and you're over on the other side of the lake. And now it's like, I can't even see the damn tip up. So. Uh, you don't <laughs> say
0: that too loud. That's a violation. But anyway, uh, guys. <laughs> well,
2: well, it's more my vision related than it is anything. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> okay. Then you gotta be within sight with the DNR Officer sees both of you. Mm-hmm. Um, but guys, you know, we're hoping that we give you some tips hoping that we're getting you inspired to get out there fishing uh we did have we mentioned that we had about 10 guys out on the ice and one of them was i don't know how much how old was that kid seven eight years old yeah yeah he was on it oh yeah we got him on some fish he was happy oh having fun it, it took him all of about three minutes to learn how to run the live scope and uh he had his own flasher he was into it uh, and it was so great to see another generation after it. Uh, we're going to kind of wrap up the show today and, uh, hopefully see you guys out and about on the ice. One thing I do need mm-hmm. to mention is our schedule will be including hunting time expo in Grand Rapids at the Delta plex. Uh, we don't have our seminar schedule yet, but I've been told we have been asked to do, uh, a couple of days of seminars for the sportsman's dollar group that are going to be exhibiting there it's a division of caney and uh we'll have some uh giveaways we'll have some cool stuff going on uh when we did our last seminar uh, jim got wild he gave away a whole bunch of stuff including (laughs) a rod reel combo it was great oh yeah that was nice And uh, so we're going to be at Hunting Time Expo. And remember, if you have a question, you can go on to miiceguys.com and ask an ice guy. It'll send an email out to Steph and Chad and Anthony and I, and I think Jake, too, gets them now. And we'll do our best to give you an answer. I don't care how silly it is. We'll answer nope. you privately if we think it's silly, but if it's good, you might make it on to the next podcast. <laughs> yep. It could be really cool. Well, I'm Chaz. And I'm Steph. Doing the uh, safety thing because Steph's a little under the weather. You might have heard his uh, nose going there a couple of times, <laughs> but uh, we're playing it cool, getting him healthy so that we can fish again this weekend. We've got great weather coming up. It's going to lock it up.
2: And yeah, this is, uh, it's nice to get this nice freeze we're going to get.
0: So we're looking forward to getting some lakes closer to home. Yep. Stay safe out there guys. And remember if the kids want to go fishing, take them fishing. (laughs) (laughs) Guys, be sure to check out miiceguys.com. Not only do we have our past episodes available for download, but we also have some recipes, our ice map, and some great product reviews, as well as some tips and tricks that you might be interested in. You can also follow us on Facebook, but remember the source is miiceguys.com.